Hello, everybody. Welcome to the SFM podcast, a show about our favorite news of the week in the world of comic book movies, TV, and project cancellations. Joining me is my wife, Eleanor. Hello. My name is Derek, and today, this week, we have five main topics, as well as a quick fire round of Buy or Sell, which is, of course, not a game that we invented, just our own rendition, of course. Uh, apologize in advance if our voices sound a little hoarse. We are getting over a little bit of a sickness this week. Sorry for the lack of uploads if you're a regular viewer, but thank you all for being here. Let's get into it. Uh, just to go ahead and give you our topics off the bat. Number one, Robert Downey Jr. very wholesomely and maturely puts his two cents in on the superhero superstar debate. That was started back, honestly, when Jennifer Aniston started talking about it, but really started getting riled up when Quentin Tarantino made his comments. The second topic is going to be Marvel focusing on quality over quantity over some internal conflict with how the current phase of Marvel has been handled. Number three, conflicting reports on whether or not Black Adam is a box office success or not. You got Dwayne Johnson saying one thing, and you got Warner Brothers and multiple outlets saying different things. Our fourth topic, The Flash, moves its release date up a week, which is very surprising to even say, as opposed to moving it backward, but is also being called DC's Spider-Man No Way Home. Alongside, of course, of this news was the release of four brand new posters. And our fifth and main topic, the one that we'll probably be talking about the most, is the Wonder Woman 3 being shelved, and DC could be looking at a full-fledged reboot. Now, before we get into it, if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the channel for weekly episodes of the SFM podcast. We also got the Slasher Saturday podcast as well as short news videos throughout the week, long format, short format. So whatever you're looking for, maybe we'll have it going forward. And make sure to check out our sister channel, Shipwreck Sunday. All right, so without getting into all of the nitty-gritty details and rehashing everything, all of the comments with Jennifer Aniston, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, we're not going to retell everybody's statements, but... This week, Robert Downey Jr. did say some pretty compelling comments, and I thought these comments in particular were worth talking about. And not that the previous ones weren't, I just didn't necessarily want to insert myself in on the conversation because I didn't really feel like I had a whole lot to bring to it. But with that that down, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was asked himself what he thought about Tarantino's comments, whether or not... You know, Marvel stars, are they movie stars? Is the character of Iron Man, Thor, Captain America bigger than the actual actors themselves? And Downey said this, I think that we are in a time and place that I unwittingly contributed to where IP has taken precedence over principle and personality. But it's a double-edged sword. A piece of IP is only as good as the human talent you get to represent it. And you can have some great IP even if it's coming from an auteur or a national treasure of a writer-director. And if you don't have the right kind of artist playing that role, 
you'll never know how good it could have been. The actor went on to say that the argument around the MCU is pointless, adding, I think that creatively, it is a waste of time to be at war with ourselves. The actor also noted that he was previously annoyed about criticisms and conversations like this, but he's reached a point where he'd rather just get over it. Quote, throwing stones one way or another, and I've had my reactions in the past when people said things that I felt were discrediting my integrity. I go, you know what? Let's just get over it. We're all a community. Now was the part that I really thought was compelling. Uh, Downey Jr. also pointed out that when big blockbusters earn billions at the box office, it can actually help make space for smaller projects getting greenlit. Quote, there's enough room for everything and thank God for Top Gun Maverick and Avatar The Way of Water. That's all I have to say. We need the big stuff to make room for films like Armageddon Time. So, Eleanor, a lot of comments. Uh, he mentioned films like Top Gun Maverick and even Avatar The Way of Water. You know, James Cameron's not the biggest fan of Marvel. Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., heavily attached to Marvel. And he's being very, I don't know, uh, polite by saying he respectfully disagrees, and you do need talent to play these roles. Comic book movies, is it an art form? This is a question, a debate that's been going on for years. We're not going to settle it here. Robert Downey Jr. doesn't even want to talk about it, really, but what are you saying is, yeah, it does take both. What do you think? So I personally like his comments about community as well, because we all have to remember, you know, the actors, the screenwriters, directors, the companies that produce the movies, the viewers, everyone, the critics even, we're all one big community. Whether we like each other or not, we're all in this thing together. And, you know, we might as well try to get along and celebrate one another instead of trying to tear the other one down. And I appreciate that he was kind of pointing out that it's been kind of cliquish and almost like high school girls tearing at each other because one girl is more popular than the other. And so I appreciate him kind of telling, you know, it's okay to not like these movies and not have to tear each other down. You can still support one another and unite as a community. And I think he is right that you do have to have your bigger films to open up the door for your smaller films. Because look at the MCU. They started with, like, Captain America and Iron Man and Hulk, and Thor to open up to the Avengers, and then that opened the door for things like Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, um, you know, Doctor Strange, which I'd never heard of Doctor Strange, and other niche characters that no one really knew about, or I guess, you know, not no one, but some people didn't know about, like me, the average movie-going audience, right. and really opened up the door for that in the Marvel Universe. And I think these bigger films do that for smaller films, even if it's like something huge like Way of Water opening up something for an indie film. I think it does open a lot of doors. And instead of looking at the doors that are closed, I think people need to look at those open doors and take those opportunities by the balls and go for it. <laughs> So I really did like Robert Downey Jr.'s take on this because he was polite, he was kind, but he still was having a take-no-crap attitude. So I really appreciated that. He was standing up for the community without hurting anyone else's feelings, and I think that's honestly the best take you can have. Right, not furthering the argument or the debate or 
being aggressive, hostile. He didn't put anybody down with it. Right. He was really nice about it. And, you know, there's just, like, we're also used to seeing the ugly and everyone being on the defensive with things. That it's nice to just see someone being gentle and kind with their critiques. You know, they're not being... He's not being rude. He's not being, like you said, he's not being hostile. He's just pointing out his feelings and kind of pointing out the facts to everyone and just reminding, you know, all these people who are angry about Marvel that, you know, these people, the IP, yes, can sometimes overshadow things, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because you do need really great actors in order for these IP to be brought to life. So I really appreciated it. And speaking of Marvel, that brings us to our second topic, which is sounds like some of the discontent or maybe, for lack of a better word, uh, dissatisfaction of Marvel's Phase 4 with fans, critics, Marvel fans, average movie-going fans, and even some internal, it sounds like, Marvel Studios uh insiders now this is to be taken with a grain of salt this isn't coming from variety or the hollywood reporter deadline at least i personally take it with a grain of salt but i did think it was worth mentioning because i know a lot of people aren't super big on marvel's phase four right right i would say for the reception it has probably been lukewarm is what I'd say. It's especially if you compare it to like when Endgame is coming out, that was red hot, and now you get into Phase Four, and it just feels like it's simmered down. Right, but even comparing it to Phase One or Phase Two, I'd say it's been a let a letdown, right. to say the least. It's been a letdown. There's a lot of projects that I do like, and some that, if I said I liked, it'd probably make some people mad. But there's certainly been a lot that. Either A, I watched and tuned out, or B, just didn't really feel like watching, didn't feel compelled, just felt a little Marvel burnout, to be honest. Right, and they had so much TV. and In such a short time. Yes, and for me it was like, I'm not grabbed by the concepts of all of these, because I know this is how my thought process was. It's not necessarily accurate, so take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt. But how I was thinking about it was, I know how this is going to go. It's going to be six episodes. The first episode's going to be great. The second one's going to be meh. The third one's going to be great. The fourth one's going to be meh. The fifth one's going to be great. The sixth one's going to be meh. That's how I felt like it was going to be. And the end episode was probably going to have a sky beam. So I was like, we're not doing this again. I'm not doing this for six shows. (laughs) And, you know, for some of those shows, I'd say... That would have been probably even better than what we actually did get. But for some of them, I'll, I'm saying there's been some good ones. But according to a Marvel Studios source cited by Cosmic Circus, the studio is re-examining its upcoming slate after internal negative feedback over Phase 4's distribution and quality. The issues addressed behind the scenes allegedly include creative difficulties with scripts, post-production problems, and lackluster visual effects. To prevent Phases 5 and 6 from continuing down a similar path, the report claims Disney could ensure a creative oversight on MCU projects still in the pre-production stage, which in effect could see future projects delayed or outright canceled. 
Of course, it's worth noting that this report has yet to be confirmed through any official Disney or Marvel channels at the time of this writing. So, there you have it. They are looking at re... not repurposing, but reevaluating their slate for Phases 5 and 6 to not go in the same direction of Phase 4, according to these reports, if these reports are accurate. So, Eleanor, do you think that maybe they're going to look at the Disney Plus and uh, results of these shows and see, okay, maybe rushing these shows out, only having six episodes? They already learned with She-Hulk, Daredevil Born Again, and some future shows uh, that they're going to be going in longer episodes than just six. So I think they already quickly learned from that, at least. So I don't think that's going to be a huge problem moving forward, hopefully. But do you think they're going to reevaluate the entire idea of doing these Disney Plus shows and maybe transitioning to either special presentations or movies? Well, I hope that we are going to move away from having so many goddamn shows and having more movies because, A, not only is it you get a better product, I feel like, in most cases because even like if you look at something like Kenobi, we did not need six episodes. We needed two no. hours. Yeah. And so I think some of these things could suffer if they're made into shows. So if they go and reevaluate and make more of these theatrical releases, not only is it better for the quality of the movie, it's also better for the theaters. You get more things getting people out to the theaters again. gets people excited. Um, my biggest worry is that good old big Papa Iger over there at Disney... <laughs> Um, yeah, he is not the biggest fan of rated R such and such, if you know. He originally, like you said, he wanted Disney Plus to be kid-friendly only. You could give the remote to your kid, they'd go on there, find something to watch. Right. Um, which, I think that's great, but I also like what Bob Chapek did, where it gave us adulty dues something to watch if you put on the adults-only modification on there. You got the TVMA... Thing. You, and you had to go through, like, when we did it, you have to go through a lot of steps of verification to say, yes, I'm an adult. Yes, I can handle mature content. Yes, I want mature content. And you can have a kid's profile that is just for a kid, too. And, you know, kids like things when they're theirs. So you can always just be like, this is your thing. And the kid's like, sweet. So I don't really see a huge issue with that. Plus, you know, personally, I probably wouldn't let a kid just surf on a random streaming site and find something anyway. But that's a whole different conversation. I just personally feel like Bob Iger could do one of two things. He could either really piss me off by really toning down Daredevil and Deadpool and all of these things that I feel like could benefit from, like, Deadpool absolutely has to be rated R. And Daredevil doesn't necessarily need to be TVMA, but I feel like it would benefit from being at least PG-13, whatever the TV rating for that is. But I honestly, like, he could also go the other direction where it's like he keeps all that there but just tones back the TV shows and makes more of them into movies. Like, if you want to go ahead and give Daredevil a show and a movie, we're down. But um, I you know. don't see that happening. <laughs> That's just me fantasizing over here. But I, I, you know, he could go down that route. And if he does, I'll be really excited. But... With all of this uncertainty in the MCU and the DCU, as a comic book fan, it just is a little uncertain. You know, we're we're stepping, we're setting out into dangerous waters, kiddos. We we really are. It's like, what are we what are we looking at? 
because we were like, okay, well, if DC's falling apart, at least the MCU is safe. Oh, now there it goes. <laughs> like, that's how I feel it is. <laughs> well, what are that's, you feeling? That's, that's your opinion. I mean, a lot of people love both of what they've seen from both. You know, that some people are perfectly happy oh, with no, what I they've gotten the from Marvel and what they've gotten from DC. So it's not like everything is doom and destruction, but I understand feeling anxious, especially with a lot of these reports that we're going to be uh, getting into. Change just scares me sometimes. So I'm just one of those people where I'm like, mm, I want to know what the changes are before you change things. You know what I mean? And with that down, first round of the semi-rapid round of buy or sell now begins. Eleanor. Charlie Cox, Daredevil actor, starring in the upcoming Daredevil Born Again series, says that Daredevil could work in Deadpool 3, the tone of Daredevil, that is. His quote was, Because of the tone of our show, I think there's a place for Daredevil to show up in Deadpool, he said. Would be really cool. Great. Now that's a news story. So, Eleanor, do you buy or sell the fact that, A, would it be cool if Daredevil showed up, and B, do you think that it's going to happen? Well, I totally buy that it would be amazing. I would love to see those two, especially if you have kind of like the grittier Daredevil next to this absolutely batshit crazy Deadpool. I think it would be amazing. It would be such a good contrast. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say sell that I think it's going to happen because they already have Hugh Jackman in this. I don't think they're going to add too many players into this. They might. They absolutely might, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm going to sell and sell. I do love... Charlie Cox is Daredevil, and of course I love Deadpool. Who doesn't? But I think they're going to keep them completely separated, unless maybe the characters cross over in some sort of format in, like, Secret Wars or King Dynasty. You know, a huge crossover event where, where there's multiple in. different characters present at the same time. And like you said, I don't see them really going that direction, unfortunately, for Charlie. I'm sure he was just spitballing, and these are really just comments that are, like he said creating news stories. But also with Charlie Cox, new Daredevil Born Again casting rumored to be replacements for Elektra and Karen Page. There was recently two female casting for two new female leads. Do you think, buy or sell, that it is for Elektra and Karen Page? Bye. I think they are replacing them because, I mean, um, I watched Inside of You with Deborah Ann Wall, and she never mentioned anything about Daredevil or even returning to the project and said that it felt like a really unclosed... She talked about Daredevil. Yeah, like, she said it just felt but... like an un, like an unfinished chapter, and so I just don't think, like, she's gonna get that closed chapter, unfortunately. Although I love both actresses in the previous show that were Electra and Karen, and I wish that both of them would be able to come back. And I wish they could bring back Foggy and Claire. I mean, that would be awesome. Like, basically bring everyone back, just canonize that. That would be awesome. But I think they are wanting to, although bring back Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox, they're still wanting to push away from those Marvel shows. I think that's going to be kind of like in Star Wars talk, legacy content. You know what I mean? Or Legends. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to have to buy. I, I do think that this is going to be the Electron Carib page. For all we know, or at least I'm going to buy that it's going to be just their love interests. Um, but for all we know, it is Electra and Karen Page. It, it might not be. It, it might not even be love interests. It might just be random characters. Right. But I do think this is signs, potentially, 
of, like you said, going forward in a direction without the Karen and Foggy that we know and love. For our next buy or sell, Batgirl directors to apparently meet with DC Studios' James Gunn and Peter Safran about future films, even though David Zaslav and Warner Brothers Discovery axed their recent Batgirl film. Eleanor, do you buy or sell Batgirl directors working with DC Studios after such a traumatic experience for them? If it were me, I'd be a sell. Like, I would not be doing this. But I can honestly buy it. I could see it happening. I could see them, like, at least being in talks about doing another project. Whether another project comes to fruition, we don't know. But I could see them at least being in talks. I know a lot of people think that these guys' career in Hollywood is done. But don't don't forget, they did just work with Marvel on Miss Marvel. And Marvel Studios could pull a uh, Warner Brothers where they let go of a talent and the other studio comes up and scoops them up, and that's exactly what Warner Brothers did with James Gunn. So I'm going to buy this because I do think that Warner Brothers Discovery wouldn't come out and say, we actually do want to work with Leslie Grace and these directors again because we do think that they're talented and we do like what they've done in the past. We just don't think that this film in particular works with what we've got going on kind of similar with patty jenkins i think that they'd work with patty jenkins again but they don't want that particular film so i buy it next buy or sell ant-man 3 director says that kang the conqueror in the mcu will be bigger than thanos eleanor buy or sell sell it's gonna be hard to get up to thanos's level i mean he had, like, what, a 15-film build-up before we got to him? Things 20? like a 20. Yeah. That's a long build-up time. And he was a really epic villain played by a really great actor. I can't remember his Josh name. Josh Brolin. Yes. Um, I mean, he was just fantastic. Even if he is, in my little DC-biased opinion, a little bit of a dark side, dark side clone. But not entirely. There's a lot of different things. Yeah. But, uh... You know, he's like the dark side of that universe. He's the biggest, scariest, baddest. And so, at least in my opinion, I think it's hard to get above Thanos. But we'll have to see what they have planned. They could totally blow us out of the water. I'm also just going to sell at the moment. I could change that. You know, all it takes is a good trailer from the Kang Dynasty. And maybe we'll see, oh, Kang is not just going after half of our universe He's going for every single multiverse, and that's probably his thing, right? I'm not a right. huge Marvel comic reader, so I can't necessarily give you King the Conqueror's backstory. I really don't know anything about him, but I'm super excited to see Ant-Man 3. But I'm going to sell it for now that King at least will feel bigger than Thanos. And finally, our last buyer sell, back on the Batgirl directors, they said that they want to do a Batman Beyond movie one day after Matt Reeves is done with his Batman franchise. Eleanor, do you buy or sell that a Batman Beyond movie one day could happen after Matt Reeves is done with his Batman franchise? First of all, I want it, but second of all, sell. I don't think like it's going to happen. 
because there's just been so many roadblocks for Batman Beyond in the past. I don't see us getting past the roadblocks, but I would absolutely love to see Batman Beyond. I think he's a really cool character. It would be a great opportunity to have Senor Michael Keaton show up. Hello! I would love to see it, even if we, like, even Ben Affleck would be good for that role at one point. Like, they'd have to age him up a little bit, but... Not necessarily. Unless, you know, he's a little bit younger of a Batman Beyond, but that could work, too. And I think it would be, either casting would be fantastic. I would love to see it. And I don't know who they'd get to play Terry McGinnis, but I would be excited. I'd be all for it. I love Batman Beyond. I grew up on the DCAU, but... I am going to sell this just because, like you said, they've been talking about a Batman Beyond movie since the early 2000s. And what little groundwork has ever been made on one quickly falls apart. And honestly, I think maybe like an Into the Spider-Verse type of movie or maybe (laughs) even honestly, even a straight to HBO animated movie or even a new... Uh, animated series. I think something animated maybe, even just to get the ball rolling and some momentum building for Batman Beyond and get his name out again because that is an older show, after all. And although there is a lot of people that still love Batman Beyond and a lot of new generations have found that character and he is a canon character in comics now, which is awesome because Terry McGinnis is fucking awesome. I don't care what anyone says. But... I personally would love to see it. I just, I don't see it happening, especially with David Zaslav saying he doesn't want four Batman running around. Whether or not that means three, two, one, I don't think that includes a version of Batman as well as Batman Beyond. Or even after Matt Reeves' franchise is over, I think they'd rather just wait a few years and reboot Bruce Wayne as opposed to doing Batman Beyond. Right. that's Which just I my... feel like is a missed opportunity. <laughs> they could easily do it. Even just do it at HBO live action series or something like that. Right. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Heller, but I'm here for it. <laughs> Neo Gotham would be really hard to do. Live action and, You'd have keep, to do it and in... keep it low budget. What's those theaters that they used for Kenobi called? I don't know. The if volume that, the, stages. The volume stages, yeah, but I don't that works for like far away or when people are uh, sitting still it worked really well in House of the Dragon. I don't know if it works for an entire city and flying right. cars. You know, they could have to make it look like Coruscant, pretty much. And Coruscant looked a little, but we're going. No, off no on I mean Kenobi like Coruscant now. in like Revenge of the Sith. You'd have to be like make it look great, but yeah, but, that's a tangent. <laughs> but guys, that concludes buy or sell, and into our third topic. Black Adam and its conflicting reports on whether or not the film will be a financial success. Major trades were originally reporting the film would be a 50 to $100 million loss. But then Dwayne Johnson came out to the defense of his film, and it should be noted that WB, WB Discovery has also disputed the claim. So we've got Dwayne coming out on his social media saying, actually, guys... My financial people have confirmed it before I wanted to say anything. It's actually going to make, I think they said like 40 or 50 million profit. Either way, the original report's saying it's going to lose somewhere between 50 to 100 million. Now they're saying it might make around 40 million. If, if you say, if you even it out, then it's going to break even. Either way, 
it's not what they were hoping for, right? Right. It's not what anybody that was rooting for this movie, including myself, was hoping that the box office would be or expecting. You know, I kind of maybe expected that it would do a little bit more than Shazam, but by a little bit, I thought, oh, $150 million more just because it's Dwayne Johnson. Right, exactly, because if you look at Fast and the Furious, when they put Dwayne Johnson in, it made Buko bucks. Boom, yeah. went up. And it, you instantly saw those films started having an increased box office. So you figured, or at least I figured at one point, that adding Dwayne Johnson to the DCU would maybe make the average movie-going audience look twice at DC and say, hey, if they got all-star talent like Jason Momoa and Henry Cavill, Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot. Maybe we should be watching those DC films and go and supporting them in the theaters and not just the, you know, independent ones like the Batman and Joker. But yeah, so it's really weird that we've had so many conflicting reports from these major trades like Hollywood Reporter, Variety, Deadline are all saying that Black Adam's a mess, a financial disaster, basically, and that chances of a sequel are now desperately in question. And that was reported basically after the third weekend, I want to say. So this isn't really any new news on that front. But then you got Dwayne Johnson almost coming out, I don't know, it's not petty or passive-aggressive, but he's just saying, hey, guys, like, no, it's not a financial loss. We made money. Maybe he's just tooting up his own horn fabricating some numbers so he can hopefully get a sequel greenlit, which, yeah, I'd want a sequel, especially if Henry Cavill's Superman is in that. Right. But what do you think? Well, it's hard to say because even if they did make money, these reports have gone out and have gone viral, and that's damaging in and of itself. Even if you made money, people think you didn't. So now they're already like, well, we're probably not going to get a sequel, and if we didn't, is it going to be any good? So I think it's already kind of poisoning the water, unfortunately. I really hope that that's not the case. I hope that they can come out and be like, these are the actual numbers we're going to present, like Warner Brothers Discoveries. Like, these are the actual numbers of the film. It did make money. Shut your mouths. And then everyone would be like, okay, sounds good. You made money. It's a success. We'll stamp it with a success. We're good. And I hope that, you know, they can green light a second movie at least. Like, even if people don't want to see it, you know, or anything like that, or aren't looking for a Black Adam sequel, I think it would be good to, you know, put Superman or put Shazam in it. It extends that storyline. And I want to see more of the character, and I want to see where they can take it. So I would want to see more of it, whether it's in a sequel, whether it's in a Justice Society movie, whatever direction they end up taking it, I'd like them to do more, and I really hope that these reports, whether they're true or false, about how much money it's made don't just tank it immediately. Yeah, hopefully maybe once the film is come to home physical media, maybe we'll actually get some more accurate reports on how much the film may be made. But honestly, either way, it's probably not going to matter when it comes to James Gunn and Peter Safran's DC Slate. But moving on to our next topic, coming up to our second to final main topic... The Flash moves up a week alongside the release of four new posters. It's so great to finally be talking about The Flash on a positive note. We can actually talk about the movie. On Monday, 
Warner Brothers set a new release date of June 16th, 2023 for the film. It was previously slated for June 23rd, 2023, and the new date gives it more breathing room ahead of the release of Disney's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which bows on June 30th. So, Eleanor, not only did The Flash move up a week, which when I read that headline, I was like, wait, 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 what? Because I've never read that in the last 37 years. And (laughs) it also came with four new posters, which had Ezra Miller actually shown in the marketing for this film, which has been the first time in a good while. And, you know, some of them seemed like they were maybe drawings, but in one of them we got to see uh, two versions of Barry. One looks like in a repurposed Michael Keaton bat suit, which looked kind of odd at times, but kind of cool at the same time. So very interesting. Looks like some of the leaks and reports that we've gotten in the past are true. And it's... It's great. I mean, I loved all the posters. Uh, I think it's smart for the film to be two weeks away from Indiana Jones. That way it doesn't get buried. And Can't get it buried like Barry Allen. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Barry Allen joke. But, Eleanor, what do you think about the posters and the Flash actually moving up a week? Do you think it's a temporary move or do you think it's going to get pushed back, canceled? What do you think? Well... I loved the posters. I will have to say that Batman suit did throw me for a loop. I was like, why With are the sawed, sawed off, off ears? ears? I was like, I don't <laughs> like it. And I'm like, okay, I think they probably made it for me to not like it, for me to be like, why? <laughs> but I mean, if you're on a budget and you need a good suit and you find one, you might as well paint it your colors and use it. So I could see why they do that. It makes sense. If you're on a budget. He's in a bind. Yeah, exactly. You got you to gotta work with what you got. So that makes sense to me. Um, I'm surprised that it moved up because we've heard Shazam moved up and we were like, really sweet. Cool. We get to see that one early. And then they moved, uh, or did they move Shazam back? They moved, they moved it back. Yes. Well, they moved it up originally and And then then back. See how confusing this (laughs) is, Warner Brothers. I don't know what's happening, but with, uh, here with. The Flash, I was like, okay, well, they moved it back, and then they moved it back, and then they moved it back. Then we thought we were never going to get it for 15 years, and then they moved it back, and then they moved it back. And now, guys, we get a week, and I think that's awesome. Because especially with anything that has the word Disney attached to it, you want to distance yourself from that because you know Mm -hmm. that's going to make money, especially if it has Indiana Jones attached to it. Well, especially if it has Indiana Jones attached to it and Harrison Ford, like, look out, world. Hopefully it's not another kingdom with the crystal skull, but that's a different movie. But I do think that the flash has the potential to be a really good movie. I'm not sure if it's going to be what they're saying. This no way home. That kind of makes me raise a couple eyebrows. I'm like, Hmm, what are they going to pull out of the woodwork for this? You know, because no way home for me, like the highlight of it was pulling in all these past villains and the past Spider-Man and having like this big reunion. And that was part of the multiverse thing. It seems like they're going for a multiversal feel in this new Flash movie. Well, it's going to be like a Flashpoint adaptation of sorts. I'm just, I'm hoping they're hiding Eobard Thawne from us, and we actually do get Eobard Thawne. I would cry. <laughs> Probably not going to happen, but I would cry. But I think it is a great idea for them to move it up. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think, it, like I said, it's great news that it, they finally moved it up. I liked the posters. And as far as calling it No Way Home... I mean, all of the reports since 
any of the leaks and the screenings of this film have been extremely overwhelmingly positive, which has been making the potential of canceling it or shelving it kind of impossible, not only because it has a $200 million budget, but also, but also because they really think that the film is truly great, truly special, and something as good as what they at once compared it to the Dark Knight trilogy, which, Ooh. you know, these films, which are billion-dollar films, those are high expectations. Yeah, that's setting the bar real high. And as far as no way, excited, home, no way Home type of comparisons, I'm assuming as far as bringing in other characters, we already know they're going to different multiverses because they have Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck in there. And in a lot of ways, this could be what kind of sets up the last era of the DCEU or the Snyder era or whatever you want to call it is in a way going to be kind of leaving up uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran on whatever the Flash's note leaves them. So either it'll be a note where they can kind of take and move forward and readjust or maybe they're just going to completely ignore it. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I like the posters and I think it's great news to finally hear that the Flash is closer, racing closer, and it's getting here faster in a flash. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, guys. So, the tea our final one. topic and the topic that we're probably going to be talking about the most. Of course, if you haven't heard by now, Wonder Woman 3 was shelved. The Hollywood Reporter came out with an article stating as much as well as casting large amounts of doubt on Man of Steel 2. Uh, a Superman scene shot in September for the upcoming Flash movie, which might not make the final cut for the film now because it would set up future plans that they don't have. Whether or not Aquaman 2 will be the last time we see Jason Momoa as Arthur, Arthur Curry and they also threw in the fact that he could be potentially playing Lobo in the future DCU. Black Adam not getting a sequel, uh, accordingly, apparently, to this report. And all signs pointing to full DC reboot. But would it be a full DC reboot? Especially with James Gunn having, you know, half of control of DCU and also being a director of Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad, which is DCEU. So it makes it a little complicated. Does he cancel projects that, you know, he didn't direct but doesn't cancel the ones that he did or, you know, retcons them, decanonizes them, however you want to phrase it? A lot of questions. James Gunn in his, as I call it, presidential DC address. I love that. <laughs> quote, Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractious environment, both in the stories being told and in the audience itself, and there would be an unavoidable transitional period as we moved into telling a cohesive story across film, TV, animation, and gaming. Gunn continued on Twitter, but... In the end, the drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. 
We know we are not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise everything we do is done in the service of the story and in the service of the DC characters we know you cherish and we have cherished our whole lives. As for more answers about the future of the DCU, I'll sadly have to ask you to wait. We're giving these characters and the stories the time and attention they deserve, and we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. So there is a lot to unpack in all of that. But I'm going to kind of nitpick through some of my uh, the ones that stand out to me. And a lot of this you could read too much into it and over-examine it and... Of course, that's pretty much what we're going to do. <laughs> just kind of speculate. <laughs> just being honest. But because I'm a DC fan and you know, Wonder Woman 3 just got canceled. And now they're saying that we just got Henry Cavill, Cavill back. And now we're losing him again, potentially. But he said, you know, some of these things are true. Some of them are not true. Some of them we don't know is going to be true. And some of them we just don't know yet. But it seems like they know Wonder Woman 3 is just not in their future. Sounds like they had a script from Patty Jenkins that the WB uh, film division studio rejected at the time before DC Studios had Peter Safran and James Gunn. And apparently they didn't work with them. So she restructured it, reworked it sent it in to Peter and James, and they declined it as well and said, hey, if you rework it, maybe we can talk. And then she walked. So if Deadline was the source on that, by the way, so if Deadline is accurate, then she actually did walk on her own accord, and James Gunn and Peter Safran were still willing to work with her. But she was just so tired of having to do these rewrites that she ended up leaving the project. And it also seemed like they didn't want anything that she was giving her. Or they didn't want anything she was giving them. Not to mention, he also goes on to say that, you know, drawbacks, transitional period. Of course, a lot of things are going to get canceled. That's going to make a lot of people upset. And it leaves us pretty much just left to speculate about everything that he says and what's going to get canceled, sounds like. Jason Momoa might be done as Aquaman. Sounds like everything that we know from DC the last 10 years could be going away. And that the only thing that could be remaining is Matt Reeves the Batman. And of course, Joker uh, fully ado. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about all of that? Well, it gives me a lot of mixed emotions. Because while I am still wanting to see what that new DC slate is going to be that he's been talking about. And apparently that's going to be released after Aquaman 2 or something like that. Although I'm excited to... Kind of excited to see that. I'm also really hesitant. Because there's a lot of things I did like about the DCEU. It was flawed. It wasn't perfect. But I did really love... Wonder Woman, and contrary to a lot of people's opinions, I really liked Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I did really love Henry Cavill's Superman, and I really liked Ben Affleck's Batman. I like Aquaman. You know, I like the direction of those characters that they took. And so it makes me a little nervous with 
what we're going to be changing, which characters we're going to be moving forward with, because it feels like if they stop using all of those people, I'm going to be worried about, are we going to see our main stable? You know, kind of our main people that you get from DC. Or are we going to recast them? Are we going to keep the, you know, it's just all really uncertain. And so it just makes me feel a little scared for the future, but still excited, but still a little scared because, you know, it's just something that's so unknown. It's, it's sometimes it's hard to move on from things that you're comfortable with, even if it's for the better, just because it's what you're comfortable with. So I'm scared that, you know, we, maybe we lose something that's comfortable, but we get something better, or maybe we lose something that's comfortable and get something that isn't something we like, you know? So it's all up in the air. I'm just hoping that James Gunn and Peter Safran can at least give us a little bit of an update, if not now, maybe in six months before they drop the full slate, just so we can have an update on what they're planning, what they're thinking, what their thought process is, and kind of maybe a little snippet of what their main storyline is going to be like, just so that the fans aren't so left in the dark about where their favorite characters are going and what is happening. With the universe right and he did say that some of it's true some of it's not true and some of it's half true and we don't know the rest basically right so the only thing that could be true from this honestly is that patty jenkins version of wonder woman 3 is canceled that's it and then the other half truths like he said in these comments the opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. So that could literally mean absolutely anything. The opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC is kind of basically an opinion. You could look at what has worked financially. Okay, well, then we'd say Aquaman. Aquaman's your biggest hit financially for the DCU. Now we're hearing that he's no longer going to be a franchise. That franchise is ending. Okay. Wonder Woman was the first big critical and financial hit for the DCU. That is no longer a franchise. Or at least, at least, Patty Jenkins' version. What if that's the truth and the half truth or the not truth is that is basically the rest is that right. these other films aren't getting canceled but that like he said here we're going to build upon what has worked in the DC so far so we know Henry's good we're going to build off that we know Aquaman sells tickets we're going to build off that Shazam uh maybe not Black Adam on on his own as a solo franchise but Maybe we'll keep Flash. May build upon what has worked in the DC so far and help rectify what has not. So fix the fact that the second film in this franchise was super divisive and you introduced your entire DCEU in that film, which was Batman versus Superman. So try to help fix somehow the sour taste in everybody's mouth still for the DC damaged brand, which I'm sorry, as a DC fan, I'll admit the DC label is damaged. Everybody thinks 
If you like comic book movies, you know that Marvel puts out more and oftentimes better. And if you're an average movie-going audience, either you don't care or you know that Marvel makes a lot. And DC's just, you know, one of those other franchises. A lot of people don't even know what DC means, and that's just pathetic. DC Studios has the opportunity to not only prioritize, but as he said, service the story and service the characters we know that you cherish and the ones that we cherish, which Walter Amata never cherished. He never truly cherished. He tried. He tried, but he never had the power and he never had the passion. Uh, Kevin Sujihara certainly didn't give a shit. James Gunn cares. Peter Safran cares. They've both worked on comic book movies before uh, this position. Whereas nobody in WB or DC history has ever been in charge of multiple DC films, really, uh, other than, I guess, Charles Roven, Christopher Nolan, um, in charge of multiple films that have also worked on other comic book movies or have strong passion like this. So, really, they are set up for success. And I don't think anybody can argue that DC Studios is going to be set up for success. It's just, what is their plan? The fact that we don't know is why there's so much anxious uh, feelings online, so much anger towards James Gunn for canceling uh, Wonder Woman 3. And it wasn't just him. It was also Peter Safran, David Zaslav. You know, the cancellation of Batgirl really pissed off a lot of people. And you're not just pissing off fans, but you're also pissing off the industry because this industry is built on you know, the relationships between directors, actors, writers, producers, right. all of it. David Zaslav has made it previously known that he wants to fix relationships that have been uh, messed up by the previous regime. Like Christopher Nolan doesn't make movies at Warner Brothers anymore. He wanted to fix that. But canceling all these films, if that's what it comes down to, could piss off David F. Sandberg. Patty Jenkins, James Wan, Zack Snyder, Christopher Nolan. The list goes on. The list goes on. So we don't know what the truth is other than Wonder Woman 3. Sounds like it's not happening, at least not with Patty Jenkins. But what if, what if? Put on your tinfoil hats here, kids. Tinfoil hats, because the rest really wasn't confirmed. I mean, yes, it was part of the Hollywood Reporter report. Everything about Aquaman, Superman, yada, yada, yada. James Gunn, this morning, or Thursday morning, said all of those comments, and then, once again, build upon what has worked in DC so far. Maybe he's talking about Christopher Reeve's Superman, and he's not talking about anything that DC has done in the last 10 years. We have no idea. But maybe he's not. And maybe we hear in just three months, Wonder Woman 3 is being directed by uh, Andy Muschietti or something like that. And all of a sudden, the entire atmosphere for DC once again is thrown into question. Because then we're once again wondering, okay, is it Gal Gadot? And if it is Gal Gadot, 
Does that mean that we're still going to get Ben Affleck as Batman, Henry Cavill as Superman, yada yada, Jason Momoa as Aquaman? All it would take is one announcement, one report to totally change the entire discussion into the exact opposite of what we're talking about. And the reason that we're talking about it in such kind of an anxious sort of way is just because we don't know anything. And it's not just us. It's everybody. Every right. DC fan is just like, what the hell? You canceled Wonder Woman 3? Yeah, Wonder Woman 84 was disappointing for pretty much everybody. But we really love the first, and we really like Gal Gadot, and we really don't want to see all of these characters go, especially since we just got Henry Cavill back. So what in the hell? Right. But if it's for the long-term future, you could make an argument that, yeah, for the long-term future, we're, we're going to have a phase one, two, three, and four. We already got it mapped out, and here's how it's going to be. And maybe that will be a more successful road and path to just get away from all the baggage, get away from all the negativity, the toxicity, whether the you're whether you're pro-Snyder stuff, whether you're anti-Snyder stuff, love it, hate it. You can just get away from all of it by recasting them all. You don't have to worry about Ben Affleck playing Batman in his 50s. You can just recast a 30-year-old. Same with Henry Cavill. He's like 40 now. And he still hasn't gotten a second Superman movie. So how much longer can he really... I mean, he could probably play Superman for another 15 years, let's be honest. But Ben Affleck doesn't want to keep playing Batman. You could recast. But these are a lot of questions. What do you do with Ezra Miller as The Flash? What do you do with Amber Heard as Mira? I mean, you could move on without Mira as a character, sure. There's still a lot of baggage with all these familiar faces, right? Right, exactly. And I mean, even if you quietly recast kind of like they did in Iron Man 2 with Rhodey, they subtly addressed it in one of his lines, I feel like. But, I mean, you could do something like that with both Ezra Miller's character and Amber Heard's character. I feel like you could do either one. You know, you could do the same thing, just not say anything. But I feel like it would be a little more difficult with Batman because Batman is just, he's Batman, you know? And when you when you change your Batman all of a sudden, especially like for me, I liked Ben Affleck's Batman, so it'd be a bummer. I feel like they'd have to really explain that. Like, we went through a paradigm shift and all of a sudden he's gone. I don't think so because they didn't have to do that for Rhodey and it worked right. out just fine. Right. Um, now, Batman's, yeah, more iconic, but... Like I said, that's another argument for reboot. If you reboot, you don't even have to have that discussion. Right. And there um, is that. There is that. But it doesn't mean that you couldn't reboot or, sorry, recast that character and just not say anything and continue forward. You said earlier, what if they do reboot? Does that mean they can't just recast all the same characters? And they absolutely can. And look at Spider-Man. I mean, for some reason, a lot of people uh, embrace the idea of Tom Holland's Spider-Man a lot quicker than they embrace the idea of Andrew Garfield's. And I'm not sure as to why. Maybe it was just the timing. I think it was just too close also, to Spider-Man 3. And also just coming off of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, people were just sour taste in their mouth, so they are just ready for Spider-Man to come home to Marvel. Maybe that was it. But it does kind of remind me of that where 
you know, they could That's a easily good comparison. Sure, yeah. they could recast the Justice League and they could announce, yeah, uh, in five years from now, we're going to have a bunch of individual movies lead up to a Justice League movie. And when they announce that, uh, I don't know, Army Hammer's playing Batman, probably not the worst or not the best choice, but there could be a lot of blowback just because, you know, it's a recast. Right. And it's not the pers- not the people that we're used to. But if you look at characters like Spider-Man or James Bond that have been recast dozens of times, Batman late with the newest Robert Pattinson, a lot of people seem to uh, not really care that it's not Ben Affleck. I mean, I, I would have liked to see it be Ben Affleck, but Robert Pattinson was great too. So I, I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of pushback but there's definitely going to be some. Right. There's definitely going to be some. And I think no matter what they choose, it's going to be a bumpy road ahead of us. And we're going to have to get through the bumps to, in order to get to yeah, like good you said. times. Yeah. So I'm hoping for the best, definitely. And let's hope not for Army Hammer. <laughs> but that'll do it for us this week, guys. Thank you so much for being here. And if you haven't already, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to the channel if you're listening on YouTube. It really does help us out, and we really appreciate it. If you're listening on a different service like Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcasting service, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe for more content as it does help us reach more listeners like you. That'll do it for us this week, guys. Thank you so much, and remember to iron your capes.